feels a little familiar here when we walk in here. And uh, my hope is one that nothing lasts will be right for you. So that'll make it a little bit easier. I know yeah, exactly yeah. when it comes forward. Yeah. 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 Yeah.
Good morning. It's a great day to be together to worship our God, to remember our Savior. Um, it's just a great day to be here. A couple reminders before we start please silence your cell phones. If you have not picked up communion, it is outside the doors in the back. Please do that. And uh, put your contribution in the boxes at the back of the auditorium. If you're visiting with us, you are an honored guest. Please let us get to know you. Fill out a visitor's card. There should be one in the pew in front of you. Drop that either in a box or give it to somebody on your way out. We have a nursery if you need that behind these glass windows over here. And we still have children's church today for ages, uh, well, from second grade and down. And you'll be dismissed at the appropriate time for that. Members, we are soliciting the member survey for about another week, so please grab one of those. Drop it in the white mailbox in the foyer. And um, a couple announcements before we get started. Uh, we will have a guest speaker today, Mari Williams from Ironton, and at the appropriate time, Mike Williams, no relation, will get up and introduce him uh, and his background and what he'll be speaking on today. There will be no 4 p.m. service this evening uh, due to the impending weather. Uh, we have decided to cancel our services uh, this afternoon, so no 4 p.m. service. And we talked a lot about compassion and benevolence in our Bible class. Um, uh, you all know about, we have, we have a food pantry, right? But there's so much more than that. We, we were able to assist a couple from Virginia uh, this past week. Um, the, um, the wife has been in the ICU over here in, in Cabell for about three weeks. Uh, the people at Bluefield, uh, Bluefield Hospital down there said, we don't know what to do with you. You know, we can't do anything else. So they basically sent her home while they ended up up here at Cabell. And she's been in there for about three weeks, and we were able to assist that uh, couple uh, this past week and probably will again if, if necessary and if needed. So we do a lot more than just our food pantry uh, with benevolent work. So keep that in mind as you, as, you, as you give your money. It's not just going to a pot. It's not just going to a pool. We're not just paying the building uh, repairs and maintenance and, and, and upkeep. Uh, we do a lot of other things too. And sometimes we need to be reminded of, of just how important uh, our giving is. So uh, keep that in your thoughts and minds as well. Um, let's begin this morning with a word of prayer. Father, we are so thankful for uh, all that you have given us. We are richly blessed. Uh, we have so much, Father. Help us to keep um, in our minds the, the call to service that we have and help us to use all that you've given us on your service one, one way or another. Help us to give when we can our time, our energy, our effort, uh, our money as well. Just continue to watch over each of us, Father, and help us to become more like your son each day. Uh, his compassion and his uh, uh, benevolence, his love for, for us, for all those he came in contact with, Father, and just, just help us to have that attitude, uh, the same that was in Christ Jesus. We ask, Father, your blessings on our worship service today. Help it, may it be pleasing to you. Help us to uh, participate and 
and open our hearts and our minds to the things that you want us to, to see, to do, to learn, to be in our life. We ask, Father, your blessings on many that we're concerned about. There are still many who are struggling, who are sick, uh, physically sick, Father. There are also many who are spiritually sick and many who are, who are grieving, many who are um, anxious or depressed. Uh, we pray, Father, your blessings on each of them and help us to be an encouragement to them as well. Just continue to guide our lives each day. Uh, just help us to be better each day. Forgive us, Father, when we sin. We thank you so much for your son and for all that we have through him and in him. And as we remember him this morning, Father, we pray that we can keep our minds focused and, and attentive to, to him and his sacrifice and the things that he went through for, for us. Bless our service now and bless each of us for being here. We pray in Christ's name. Amen. We'll just stand for the first song, please. First hymn this morning, number 810, Jesus Loves Me. <clears throat> Sing all four verses. Jesus loves me, this I know. For the Lord tells me so. With to him be Next hymn this morning, Anywhere with Jesus, hymn number 48. And we'll sing the first, first three verses of this hymn, Anywhere with Jesus. And after that, Brother Nathan Payne will have our scripture reading and prayer. Anywhere with Jesus, I can safely go. Anywhere he leads me in this world, below. Anywhere without him, Jesus, I 
bow with me, please. Our Heavenly Father, Most High God, we're so thankful for the opportunity to gather together as a group of, of Christians with one mind and one heart, and that is to worship you. We, are, we know, Lord, that this is not a, a, a privilege that is seen throughout the world, and we ask that as we uh, enjoy this freedom, as we gather and, and worship your high and holy name, that we are mindful of this special gift, and that with this thought in our minds that we be bold as Christians in this world, proclaiming your message about your son and what he did for us. We ask that you be with us as we go throughout this worship service. We ask that it is pleasing to you. We ask that all that is done and said may be edifying for one another as we, as we praise and worship your high and holy name. Lord, there are many among us who have, have worries and have um, loved ones and friends on their minds. And there are many that are are been mentioned before who are sick and suffering and with various illnesses and we ask that you be with be with them you know their names far better than I could ever remember Lord and we ask that you be with those give them comfort and strength help restore their bodies to be your will and be with those who care for them that, that the loved ones the medical professionals help them to uh, do all they can we ask that you be with the family members just give them peace and comfort as they as they help deal with their sick uh, loved one. Lord, there are many in our number that are also suffering and grieving the loss of loved ones at this time. We ask that you just give those families comfort and strength. Give them the peace that passes all understanding. Lord, we ask that you uh, comfort those uh, at this time. Lord, there are many uh, throughout the world who are stationed, uh, men and women in, in the armed forces that are uh, defending and promoting the ideals of freedoms which he, we in this country enjoy so much, and we ask that you be with those members, uh, that you keep them safe, that you bring them home to their families soon. Likewise, Lord, there are many first responders throughout this, our communities that are, uh, that are willing to put their lives in, on the line to protect their communities that they serve, and we ask that you be with them as well, keep them safe, and bring them home each night, safe to their loved ones. Lord, we th we're thankful most of all for your son, who was willing to leave the perfect of heaven, to come to this earth and to live as a man, to experience all that this earth has to offer, and, and ultimately to die a, sinner, uh, a criminal's death that he did not deserve, to pay the price of sin that we should have paid. 
but because he loved us and he considered us friends, he was willing to come and do this, to lay down his life as a sacrifice and as a payment for those sins. We ask that you uh, be with us, forgive us when we go wrong, help us to be mindful of the sacrifice that was made, and help us to live a life that can be worthy of that sacrifice. We ask as we go throughout the service, as we uh, prepare to hear a lesson that, uh, that Maury is about to present, that you uh, help him to remember the things that he has studied, help him to be able to present them in a clear and concise manner, that there was, if there's one here today who has not uh, named you as their Lord and Savior, that they do so before it's everlastingly too late. We love you, Father, and we thank you for loving us. And it's our prayer in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Scripture reading for this morning will be taken from the book of Galatians. Galatians 5, verses 22 and 23. Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 and 23. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Next hymn this morning, number 473, Oh How I Love Jesus, 473. We'll sing the first two verses, and then we'll have the Lord's Supper. There is a name I love to hear, I love to sing His word. His house, my ears, and just want to let you know I'm still grieving over the loss of Rusty. Losing someone is hard. We've all lost someone that's been important to us, someone that we love dearly, and losing someone is never easy. But as a Christian, we see death as a celebration time to remember, time to reflect. The Bible speaks openly about death just as much as it speaks openly about life. And what death means to us as Christians is that we come together now to remember the death of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We're told in Acts 20, 
Verse 7, now on the first day of the week, when the disciples came together to break bread, we as Christians come together now to remember the death, the burial, and resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. And we come together to remember his death and to examine ourselves, as it says in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 28. Why do we do this? Why do we as Christians see death differently? We see in Matthew 26, Matthew 26, verse 26 through 29, where Jesus is speaking, and he says, Now, as they were eating, Jesus took the bread, and after blessing it, took it, and gave it to his disciples, and said, Take, eat, this is my body. And he took the cup, And when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you, for this is my blood of the new covenant, which is poured out for many for forgiveness of sins. I tell you, I will not drink again of this fruit of the vine until that day I drink it new with you. In my Father's kingdom. As a Christian, we see it as the beginning of death. Because we know that one day, one day that we were going to break bread with our Father in heaven, we will drink that cup with our Father in heaven. Yes, the disciples missed Jesus, and they longed to be with Jesus. But they longed to be with him in heaven even more. We take this communion to remember him now. We take it to remember his death, and we take it to remember his life. Death cannot conquer a Christian, because we have hope in death. And our death will mean that one day we'll spend eternity with him. Let's go to God in prayer at this time for the bread. Our gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, we are so thankful for you for sending your Son to die on the cross for us, Lord. We take this bread that represents your body hung on the cross for us, Lord. And let us take with an open heart and open mind, Lord. And let us remember your son's life and his death, Lord. Be with us now as we partake it. Forgive us, Lord, when we do fall short. It's in Jesus Christ's name I do pray. Amen. Go to God in prayer for the fruit of vine. Our gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, we come to you once again 
to remember your son and the sacrifice he made for us, Lord. Let's remember the blood that was shed at Calvary to wash away our sins, Lord. Let us be thankful, not just for today, but always be thankful for that sacrifice that he made for us. Be with us as we partake it, Lord. Forgive us, Lord, when we do fall short. It's in Jesus Christ's name we do pray. Amen. At this time, we also have two boxes for contribution in the back. In 1 Corinthians chapter 16, 1 through 2, it says, Now concerning the collection for the saints, as I directed the church in Gallia, so that they are also to do, on the first day of each week, each of you is to put something aside and store, store it up as you may prosper, so that there will be no collection when I come. Let's go to God in prayer at this time. Our gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, we are so thankful and blessed with all the many blessings you give us, Lord. Lord, we, we pray this time that, that these funds, Lord, will give you all the glory and honor you so richly deserve, Lord, that... You know, go to your word, spreading your word for our missionaries, through our community, Lord, for the building, Lord. Lord, we ask you at this time to continue on, on blessing us and, and watching over us, Lord. Be with us, forgive us, Lord, when we do fall short. In Jesus Christ's name we do pray. Amen. Let's all please stand again. We'll sing hymn number 438. 438. My hope is built on nothing less. It's at this time that the young children may go to the children's Bible hour. We'll sing the first, third, and fourth verse. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. He shall come with trumpets down, oh, may our 
An invitation hymn for this morning, number 667. There is power in the blood. 667 for the mic. I'd like to introduce our speaker at this time. Uh, Maury Williams is a member at the Tenth and Vine Church of Christ in Ironton, where he's also a deacon. And Maury has been dealing with some health issues recently, and he's had a desire to to go around to as many of the local or area churches of Christ to, um, to deliver a message that's really been on his heart. So we're very pleased uh, to be able to have Maury with us here this morning, and we look forward to receiving his message. I'll ask Maury to come at this time. Good morning. It's so good to be here this morning, and it's always a pleasure when you walk into a church and the Bible class is severed right on the lesson you're wanting to bring, and then you're hearing the announcements about the good work with the lady over in the hospital and the food pantry. It's just so wonderful to see Christians striving to do what God wants us to do and that's what my lesson is today it's it's what God wants from us what God wants us to be doing I want to just take a moment to let you know that uh, even though the lesson I'm presenting today is a is a lesson that's been dear on my heart for years uh, my health issues have put me way behind on where I'd like to be having this lesson taught a lot of different places but my health issues are going well I'm done with my chemo and all the radiation treatments and I'll go to Columbus the first part of February and uh, we'll discuss the surgery is going to be done but uh, but again we're, we're going to get through this and uh, I appreciate the elders for letting me come up here and talk the first thing I want to talk about is the people that are not Christians this morning because they're lost souls, and lost souls are very important. They're so important that Jesus told us, what shall it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his soul? That lets us know how valuable a soul is. One soul is worth the whole world. So I want anybody in this auditorium to know this morning that the lesson I'm going to preach is not really a salvation lesson it's more based for Christians but if you haven't put on Jesus Christ in baptism and you want to do that today all you need to do is come forward you don't even have to wait for the invitation song your soul is so important to us if you want to come forward at any time I'll stop what I'm talking about And we'll help you take care of that need. And we'll celebrate with you. We'll cry with you. We'll laugh with you. We'll sing with you. And then we can go back to the lesson. But your lost soul is more important finding Jesus Christ than anything else I can talk about today. And whatever you do, please don't walk through those doors without putting on Jesus Christ today. Now, for the rest of us, 
let's talk about what it is that God really wants from us and what we've really been doing. And again, I bragged on the church because of the things I hear that you're doing, so don't take this directly at you guys. But Christians have been acting badly. We've been acting badly because we've been acting like the world. And we're, we're showing that to the world. We're not being the example that we should be. We're as polarized as the world. We're as divided on issues as the world. We say things because we want to be right like the world. Sometimes it doesn't even matter who it hurts. It doesn't matter if we're of the Republican Party or the Democratic Party. It doesn't matter if we mask or don't mask. It doesn't matter if we build a wall or don't build a wall. It doesn't matter about any of those things. What it matters about is how we handle it. How we represent what God's people should be looking like. And we should be looking like God's people. Now, how is it we do that? Well, Galatians 5, 22 and 23 give us some tools that God has given us. He gave to us freely that we should use. And one of those tools is love. And when these discussions come up and issues come up, instead of using anger, why don't we use love? Why don't we use the love that God and Jesus Christ showed for us? Why do we use hatred and act like the world with these issues? These issues as Christians, most of them don't even matter. Don't even matter. We just have our opinion. We want to be right. And we want the others to be wrong. That's the worst thing. We, we, we just want the others to be wrong. And it doesn't matter who the others are. That's because the country and the world have become so polarized. And we forget the tools that God gives us in the toolbox. Use joy instead of sorrow. One of the greatest tools I see there in Galatians 5 is long-suffering. Long-suffering. God has been long-suffering with his people for a long, long time. He doesn't have knee-jerk reactions, but that's the kind of reactions we have. We take knee-jerk reactions not even knowing sometimes if we're right or wrong. We, we don't know. We just, we just have our opinion or it's just the party we're affiliated with or it's just the group we're affiliated with or it's what my dad believed in or, you know, we, we just don't have that long suffering. We are so tied up in being right that we forget what God's people should be doing. And forgetting the tools that God has given us. And in Galatians 5, 22 and 23, those aren't all the tools that God gives us. He gives us many tools. And we need to use those tools daily. We need to use those tools every time.
that there's something that comes up. And we need to stand out. And here's how much we need to stand out. The next scripture we're going to talk about is 1 Peter 2.9. And the main word in 1 Peter 2.9 that I want to go look at is peculiar. Now, peculiar means to be different these, this day and time. It means to be different than what the rest of the people were being. We'll look at the Greek word, and back then the Greek word meant to belong to God, be the property of God. You can't be more peculiar than that, because if you're property of God and you belong to God, you're going to do the things that God wants you to do. And if you're doing those peculiar things that God wants us to do, you're going to stand out. And people are going to take notice there's something different about you. There is something that they'll want to have. They won't want to follow the group. They'll want to follow us. They'll want to follow the peculiar people. And if they follow the computer, Peculiar people, you know what they're going to find? They're going to find Jesus Christ. And if they find Jesus Christ, that's going to be a soul. The soul that we just talked about, how important it is. The most important thing that everybody in this world has is their soul. And we need to make sure we're reaching those souls. And we're reaching them because we are peculiar. We're peculiar and we're using God's toolbox and the tools that he has given us. We just have to get into his word and find those. We have to get into his word and understand how to use those tools sometimes. And sometimes we have to search long and hard, but the answer's there. The answer is there. And if we are the peculiar people using the toolbox and the tools that God has given us, things are going to change. And things are going to change for us as well as for those that we're trying to reach. And we'll go to Matthew 5.14 now. And in Matthew 5.14, it talks about the city on the hill the light on the hill. Now that city on the hill, we know who that is. That city on the hill is us, the peculiar people, as a group. It's just not one Christian up there. It's a city, a community. It is God's people that's on that hill shining out into the darkness. And what's out in that darkness that we're trying to attract is the lost souls. We were talking about benevolence and should we do it to find saved souls? We absolutely should. We absolutely, everything, everything that we do should be to bring lost souls to Jesus Christ. To be that city And we have the opportunity to be that city. 
We have that opportunity each and every day to be the city that's bright, shining in this community, in the Ironton community, in the Flatwoods community, in the Piketon, Ohio community. We have that availability to be the city, to be the community, to be the village, to shine like God wants us to shine. He wants us to be the light that everybody in the darkness can see and wants to come to. The light. Now, as Christians, we have a hard time sometimes. We know that. We talk about it a lot. But we have a hard time staying on the path sometimes. We have a hard time remaining. And here's the reason why. We're going to go to Matthew 7, verse 14. And we're going to talk a little bit about the straight and the narrow and the wide and the broad. And this is why it's so hard sometimes to continue to be that shining light. And it's because we can't drive our Winnebago with our bass boat and the Ohio State Buckeyes and the Marshall Thundering Herd and drive through the straight and narrow. We can take it through the wide path and the broad. We can take all of our other gods, our weaknesses, whatever they are, we can drive them right through the broad. And that's the reason so many people can find that road. But it's hard to go through the straight and the narrow. And here's the reason why it's hard to go through the straight and narrow. is because it's narrow, it's jagged, it's crooked. And what Jesus was talking about when he was talking about the, the straight and narrow were the tunnels through the walls around the city. That's how some people got into the city. They didn't go through the broad gates. They went through these tunnels, and it was hard to do. And here's the reason it's hard to do. Because you can't take your baggage with you. You can't take all the things you want to take that are so important. You know, the rich man, he, he did everything. He followed all the laws, but he couldn't give up his money. So he couldn't make it through the straight and narrow. That was the problem. And that's what happens to us sometimes. We're here in this shining city and we get lost. We get lost because we start thinking other things are more important. Other things become more attractive to us. We just have to stay focused. And we're about to get into the part of the lesson where we're going to talk about how hard it is to stay focused. Because we understand now that we have to go through the straight and narrow to continue to be the shining community upon the hill. Because we're the peculiar people using the right tools to bring people out of the darkness. And, and again, we don't, we don't do anything else that's any more important 
than bringing those people out of the darkness because those are lost souls. And that's what's important, are lost souls. So again, everything, everything that we do, everything should be concentrated on being that shining light in that city to bring them out of the darkness. We're going to go to my favorite verse us, in the Bible. These verses mean more to me than, than anything. And we're going to talk about them. We're going to talk a little bit about me. And we're going to talk about what we can do as just a church, but more as a community. And the scripture we're going to is Matthew 22, 37 through 40. And it's the greatest commandment and the second one as well. I want you to listen. It says to love God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind, with everything. This is the greatest commandment of all. And the second is likened to it. Love thy neighbor as thyself. Love thy neighbor as thyself. That means your neighbor, you're going to love as much as you love yourself. And most people I know love themselves a lot. And that's how we're supposed to do our neighbors, is love them as ourselves. And then he goes on, he's talking to the Pharisees here, who tried to trick him with a question. They, they can't trick Jesus. But he says, on these two you can hang the law and the prophets. And the Pharisees understood exactly what he was talking about. He was talking about if you don't get these two commandments right, forget about the rest of them. These are the two you got to get right. You have got to get these two right. Love thy neighbor as thyself and love God with all. Now let's talk about all just a moment. We talked about the Greek word earlier about peculiar and it had a different meaning a little bit then, a different meaning a little bit later, different meaning now. All never changes. All means the whole kit and caboodle. It means everything. It does not mean part time. It means we've got to give God everything all the time. All. Now, let me tell you one of the greatest tricks Satan ever did to the church. And I'm going to tell you right now, I fell for it. I'm going to tell you right now, I fell for it big from 1972 to about 1992. I fell for it. The biggest trick Satan ever pulled on us was he had our preachers and he had our elders and he had our teachers and our members buying into part-time. It was okay to be part-time. It was okay to have a balancing act. Well, I can tell you God's Word says, no, that ain't. He says, I want it all. I want it all, all the time. 
He doesn't want it part-time. I bought into it so bad from 72 to 92, I thought I could show up the church building once every couple months, and I was okay. That's how much I fell into it, because I was justifying all the other things I did. I could justify it and say, you know, I'm a member of the church. I'm going to be okay. I'll go do this and then I'll, I'll come back. It, it's okay. I don't, you know, I'm, I'm there. You know, I still give a little money. I still take the Lord's table when I'm there. You know, I, I go over and help uh, build on the building or things like that sometimes. But, but believe me, it was at my convenience. It was at my convenience. Just like so many of us do. We have people that we think and actually call. I've heard, us, I've heard us call them on Sunday night, the faithful few. These are people that come Sunday morning, Bible class, Sunday morning church, Wednesday night. They pray a couple hours a week. They study a couple hours a week. They even help at the, the little school. They help at the food pantry. and You know, they got 10 hours. They got 10 hours they gave to God this week. Now just stop and think about that, 10 hours. You want to know how much of your time that is? 6%. 6% and we call them the faithful few. Now, there's others that double that time. And I know a lot of those people. I know a lot of them. They double that time, and now they got 20 hours in. They got 20 hours in, which is 12% of their time. I don't read where it says it's okay that I give God 12% of my time. I don't find that anywhere. I find all. I find He wants my heart. I find he wants me saving the lost, working to do good, feeding the hungry, clothing the naked. I see these things, but I don't see this part-time. I don't see it. But I did, and I fell for it. Satan's good. He's good at that stuff. He's good. But I, I want to go just a little bit farther, and I... I'll, I'll talk about me since I've been doing some ministry. And I do better than that. I don't just put in 20 hours a week. I get paid a little bit and everything, so now I'm putting in an additional 30 hours on top of the 20 hours that we just said. So I've got 50 whole hours I've given to God. That's, that's good. That's good. It really is good, you know, we think. It's not even 30%. Not even 30%. God wants it all. God wants to be the center of everything and should be the center of everything. I want to take you back to the 50s to start out with. 50s, I had hair and was a young boy at that time. And God... This is the center, 
And God in my life at that time, in my family's life, God was probably right here. That's how close he was to the center of just about everything that we did as a family. And then the 60s came, and God got a little bit over here. And then the 70s come. And in my life, God got over here. But he also got that way with the church. Maybe not as far out as I was, but he got that way. And then the 80s come, and he got a little farther. And then the 90s, and he got a little farther. And then the wonderful 2000s. So wonderful with all the communications and everything we got and all the conveniences and all the wonderful things we can go out and do and spend our money on and all the places we can go for vacations. And even, let me tell you, I even justified it was okay for me to put in 80 hours a week at work. Why would anybody put in 80 hours a week at work and think that's a good thing? It's not. It's not a good thing. We just kept getting God farther and farther and farther and farther away from the center. That's where we got God. That's the reason we think it's okay for 10 hours and we're the faithful few. How is it that we get God back to the center? How is it that we get God back to the center that we can be the shining city on the hill that God wants us to be? That shining city that lets the darkness know where it come to. Well, the small school that we have started here, preschool, that's a good starting point. Very good starting point. But why don't we do better than that? Why don't we start building a school that goes all the way through the 12th grade? Why don't we start building a school that maybe even engulfs college education? We have the manpower. We have the money availability. We have everything available to us to accomplish that. We have everything to available to us down this Ohio Valley with the members of the Church of Christ to do just about anything we want to do to make God the center. Can you imagine how nice it would be to have the school where the coach was a member of the church? Could you imagine how different our athletics would be. Could you imagine with God being the center? You know, I wouldn't be going to the Bengals game and spending $800 like my neighbors did for tickets. I wouldn't be doing that. I probably wouldn't be out taking a month's vacation. I definitely wouldn't be spending 80 hours a week anymore at work. I can tell you that. But it's more than just the school. It's the whole community. Can you imagine if the person that owned the pharmacy was a member of the Church of Christ and the people working there were members of the Church of Christ? Could you imagine 
still a West Virginia, that the church was so strong that we had an influence on the policies that went on at the still of West Virginia? How much difference that could make at work? How much difference it could make? I'll tell you, it can make God the center point. You know, we can make still and still have God there. We can have grocery stores. But what we got to decide is, do we want to give God all, soul, or mind? Do we want that to be the greatest commandment? Is that where we want to be as a church, as an organization? We have got to go out there and get God and bring Him back to the center. And the only way that is, is we've got to give Him our all. We can't, be, we can't be part-time. And again, I was so thrilled with the things that I heard when I came in here this morning. It just fired me up just a little bit more because those are all good things. They're, they're great things. They're things that we need to be doing. They're things we need to be doing each and every day. Each and every day we need to give God our all. We need to tell Satan, Satan, you don't have us anymore. We've got out of this snare. We've managed to get out of it. We know that Christianity is no longer a balancing act. It never was a balancing act. It never was a part-time thing. It's always been all. The full thing. Complete. Everything. And you say... Maury, that's, that might be impossible. Well, it can't be impossible. It can't be, or God wouldn't told us. This is one of my commandments. My commandments are not burdensome. That's what he told us. Or they're not. And really, once you're in, you're in. Once you understand that it's all, you're in. You're in. You're excited. You're back on fire. It's like being a new Christian again. Somebody turned the light switch on and said, hey, this is what Christianity is really about. This is what Jesus Christ went to the cross for, for all lost souls. And we have the chance of being the city on the hill in the darkness. We have that opportunity. And no, we can't do it by ourselves. We have to have help. We have to have help of other Christians. And we need God's help. But I'm going to tell you, God's always been there for us. He'll be there for us now. He wants us. He wants us shining. He wants us bright. He wants us peculiar. He wants us using the tools that he gave us in the toolbox. And he wants us shedding our baggage. The lesson's not hard. You all know it. You've known it for a long, long time. Just sometimes we need to rehear things. Get focused again. 
to understand that God has given us an opportunity again. The opportunity is here again. You're at the fork in the road. You're at the fork. I'm at the fork. A lot of people are at the fork, and we've got to decide. Do we go this way and continue on the way we've been going? Or do we go this way and say, God, we're going to give you all. We're going to give you everything that we have. Total everything. Would you pray with me? Our gracious Heavenly Father, we're so thankful for the word that you've given us. Father, we're thankful for its ready availability to us. And now we just ask, Father, as we hear it and see it, understand it. We know that you what you want to do. Father, we know that Christianity is a lifestyle. It's what you want. You want our heart. You want our all. Father, and I pray each and every day that this word is taught throughout your community and that we can become the shining city upon the hill. Father, again, give us the strength, knowledge, courage, compassion, all the tools that we need to further your word throughout the world. And this we pray in Christ's name. Amen. The lesson's yours. What you do with it now is up to you. If you have any need, please come as we stand and sing. Would you be free from the burden of sin? There's power in the blood, power in the blood. Would you want me In the prayer.
Good morning, church family. Very great lesson, brother. Appreciate you. Um, a couple announcements before we are dismissed. Um, as a reminder that uh, this coming Tuesday will be Young at Heart. Um, the Devo will be at 1030. We're planning on heading to the Chinese Buffet and Gallup List. Um, please call if you're planning on going to that on Tuesday morning to see if we're still planning on going. Uh, the weather is bad outside. Uh, we'll have to reschedule that trip. So uh, please call um, beforehand. Also, uh, as a reminder that not at the end of the month of January, we'll be having our potluck, our church eat church, uh, here at the building. Everyone's invited to come to that and fellowship with one another. And um, we'll have 1 o'clock service. There will be no 4 o'clock service. Um, also, uh, we are planning a trip to Circleville Church of Christ for their Bible Bowl. Uh, their Bible Bowl is for kids and adults. You can do teams of three to five people. Uh, so it should be something really excited about. They're doing the books of Genesis, the book of Genesis, uh, one through twenty-five. That's chapters, not verse. It's been real easy, it was verse one through twenty-five. That signed me up. <laughs> but uh, you know, so but I do get, I do encourage you to do that. That's uh, March fifth through the sixth. That would be a Saturday and Sunday uh, Bible Bowl at Circleville. Also, if you have not had the opportunity to fill the survey out, please grab one on your way out and uh, fill it out and uh, bring it back Wednesday. Um, we, won't, we will not have church tonight. <coughs> yes, Jerry. Sue Powell has eye surgery on the 19th. Sue Powell has eye surgery on the 19th, so keep Sue in your prayers at this time. Um, also, remember uh, to continue to keep... Uh, in your prayers to Payne family, uh, our sympathy goes out to Amber Payne. She lost her grandmother uh, this time, so remember to keep them in your prayers um, as they go through that. Also, remember to continue to keep the Leet family in your prayers as well, the passing of Rusty. Um, also, uh, Marvin Jordan had back surgery on Monday, and he is uh, now on dialysis, so remember to keep him in your prayers at this time. Also, remember to continue to keep Larry Faulkner in your prayers. Um, continue to keep uh, Cody McDavid in your prayers as well. Uh, Terry Egner um, was diagnosed with, um, with COVID, and he's ho he was hospitalized last week. Um, he's now back at home, but remember to continue to keep uh, Terry in your prayers as he recovers. And also, remember to continue to keep Kristen in your prayers at this time, and James and the rest of the family in your prayers at this time. Um, also, prayer requests for Omar Cruz. Omar is 46 years old. He's a deacon at Centerville Church of Christ, and he's the nephew of Peg Pryor, and he's fighting COVID and has been put on a ventilator. So remember to keep uh, Omar in your prayers at this time as well. That's all the announcements I have this morning. Uh, don't forget to grab a bulletin on your way out. We have so many other activities, so many other people we need to pray for, our widows and our shut-ins. Um, take an opportunity to send them a card, let them know we're thinking of them, be encouragement to them. And um, it's so weird not saying I'll see you tonight at 4, but uh, looking forward to seeing everybody again Wednesday at 7 o'clock. So thank you very much.
Let's all please stand again. We'll sing hymn number 860, He Is My Everything. <clears throat> He is my everything, He is my all, He is my everything, a greatest call, He made His life for me, made everything new, He is my everything, now I do, some folks may have thee. Let's go to God in prayer. Our Father in heaven, we're thankful this day that we could worship you in truth and in spirit. We're thankful for Brother Mari Williams that delivered this message to us. Lord, and we pray that we take this message to our hearts and, and do the things, Lord, that your words tells us to do. We ask you, Lord, to bless the ones here that have lost loved ones recently. We we ask you to be with the Leap family and the Payne family during this loss. We all, we all grieve when one of our own members is grieving, Lord, and, and we just ask that you bless them and help them through this time that they are grieving. Lord, we pray for those that are sick today, those that are in the hospital and suffering. Lord, we, we ask you to help them and heal their bodies if it be thy will, dear Lord, and restore them to health. We pray for those that were unable to be here today, Lord, that they find your, your love and your, your strength, Lord, to do the things that they know that is right and that we do all do your will. We ask you to forgive us, Lord, when we fall short in, a, in our lives, the things that we have done that are wrong, Lord, we ask you to help us to always uh, do your will and, and try, try harder as Christians every day to be a shining light in that, that city that, Lord, that you want us to be. We ask you to go with us this day and bless those that are traveling, and we pray, Lord, that... that um, that this, that during this time of storm that is predicted that no one, Lord, should suffer or, or be hurt or injured or, or, with, or do without things that they need, Lord. We just ask you to be with us through, throughout this day and throughout this week, Lord, and, until we assemble again 
Lord, we, we ask you to go with us. And these things we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Great song to end with, too. <laughs> you, you, I don't either, but I'll tell you, that was absolutely great. Well, it's enjoying the world. I really follow up with the Happy belated birthday. <laughs> 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 I forget that you're seeing the blue. Well, that's right. All the great people. Okay, thank you. Even you, Elvis. Here you go. See? All the great people.